0: Gospel text for today, the parable of the ten virgins. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, The bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. This is a hardcore reading, yeah? And uh, this is Jesus. It truly is. It's Jesus talking about what it will be like when he returns. And it's scary. It's scary because he says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And Paul pleads with you, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. What in the world does that mean? Now, since we don't have a New Year's Eve service, I want to talk a little bit about New Year's Eve. Because I think of New Year's Eve when I think of having to stay up. Only one time have I been to a wedding. It was my aunt's wedding when I think I was six. I was wearing a cute little, like, three-piece suit. And I remember crying and crying and begging my mom to let me go home because I just wanted to go to sleep. To the point where I felt like I was in pain because I was so tired. Well, as I get older and older, it gets harder and harder to stay awake. And I don't even think it's a physical thing or an age thing. I really think it's related to um, whether I'm excited enough for anything to stay up, right? And I think a lot of it has to do with my self-centeredness. What is really worth staying up for these days? How have the conveniences of this world not taken away any need at all to actually put in the work of staying awake? On New Year's Eve, especially these days, I mean, you better be serving lobster if you want me to stay up till 12. 12. You better be, like, making craft drinks or, I don't know, pouring doubles because I want to have fun. It has to be more than what I can provide for myself and what I would treat myself with. The entertainment be better be out of this world. Your conversation better be engaging. If one of the songs, more so when you're watching, like, WGN, you know, If one of the bands stinks, I'm going to turn it off. If there's only a vegetable tray, why am I going to stay up till 12? Right? But most importantly, if I go to bed at 9 o'clock, I'll wake up and it will be 2022. No work. I didn't have to stay up. I didn't have to tape my eyes open or drink an extra cup of coffee. Gone are the days also of, you know, when I was, like I was talking to the Confirmans and they have no concept of this, I used to go with my friends at midnight to the new movie that was coming out and I would dress up as one of the characters. I remember seeing the new Harry Potter movie and dressing up like Hagrid I had pillows stuffed under my trench coat, a fake beard, a wig. It was excellent, I was so excited just to do it with my friends. But now I can just watch the new movie immediately when it comes onto the streaming service in the comfort of my own home on a better TV. I'll see everything, I can hear everything. No one's coming and going, bothering me during my movie. I can eat what I want, drink what I want all at the press of a button. Everything revolves around me and my immediate needs, and it all happens exactly how I want it to happen. And don't forget the flip side. We remember being in fifth grade, going to the slumber party, and you didn't want midnight to come because you wanted to stay up with your friends and the the night to last forever. Now, I don't know how cool you guys are, but I didn't want prom to end. I really enjoyed prom, and I wanted to keep on dancing and being with my friends and having punch and taking pictures. I didn't want it to be over. I didn't want midnight to come so soon. You want the party to keep going. Now, here in this text, Jesus is clear. He is a bridegroom, and he's going to return sometime soon to marry his bride, the church. And that's you and me. And it's going to happen at a time that no one can predict, and the church might have to wait a long time. And I just want to take a second to depart uh, to talk about this. You know, um, this service, evening prayer, it developed as a a service that the lay people could lead. They didn't need a priest. They didn't need a pastor. Because if it was the 14th century, the shogun came and killed them all. If it was Nazi Germany, your priest was in a concentration camp. And so the people could lead their church in evening prayer because they had done it so much that it was taken to heart and they'd memorized it. And it was so easy and it was beautiful. It was the most beautiful thing that they could do without a priest to give them the sacrament. And doing it late at night, chanting, chanting in an odd way, kept them awake. Because you can't fall asleep if you're singing. We don't know exactly what our roles as individual Christians will be at that final wedding event. We don't know how it will work. We just know that on the last day, we will experience the marriage between the risen and triumphant Savior Jesus and his bride, the church. We'll experience, after a terrifying and violent turn of events known as a great tribulation, some of you may be going through one of those right now, we'll experience a resurrection of all flesh, a judgment of all people, and the wonderful transformation of our bodies to perfect bodies, united body and soul forever to be with Christ. But as we heard in the reading, Christians have some sort of role to play right now in preparation for this. We're all groomsmen, we're all bridesmaids, we're given the task of keeping our lamps lit to meet and greet the groom Jesus when he returns. The chief problem at hand is that they don't know when he'll return. So they have to stay awake. They have to keep their lamps lit to not disappoint Jesus when he returns. Unfortunately, there are wise servants and there are foolish ones. What that means is there's a stupid way to be a stupid Christian. And there's a wise way to be a wise Christian. You can be a bad groomsman or a good bridesmaid. What does a good one do? Well, when I was best man for my brother's wedding and my best friend's wedding last year, and then re-celebrated this a couple weeks ago, I had to make sure we were sticking to schedule. I had to make sure everyone got their suits on. I had to make sure the corsages looked right. Um, I had to make sure the bachelor party went well. And most importantly, I had to make sure everyone came home from the bachelor party in one piece, and alive. And that was the hardest part. Let me tell you, it's hard to be watchful on that one. But what if I napped or I slept in and I missed the wedding ceremony? What if I lost the ring? Would I be a good groomsman? Would I be a good best man? No. And just as an aside, at my brother's wedding, the bride's ring got stuck in the seam of my back pocket, and I just about had a heart attack. But yeah, yeah, being the best man or maid of honor, really just being a part of a wedding, just going to a wedding party, it means you have to put aside your self-centeredness, your own business, and be mindful of the groom and the bride this this weekend this day it's not about you it's about this couple being married before christ and whatever you do don't wear a white dress right but pastor just tell us what are the lamps what's the oil who's foolish who's wise just tell us yeah it's a riddle right It's a parable. It's a teaching story. Hold your horses. The lamps are each person's faith in Jesus Christ. Your faith in his death, his resurrection, his promise that he'll return and raise you from the dead and give you eternal life and live with you forever in creation. But what's the oil? It's the Holy Spirit that sustains your faith, keeps your lamp burning. Some of the wedding party was foolish and didn't make sure they had enough oil. Some of them did. This means that wise ones continue to feed their faith with where the Holy Spirit promises to feed us. God's word, preaching, worship, the scriptures. They made sure to actively remember the benefits of their baptism every day, to seek out every opportunity to be forgiven and strengthened in communion. Think of the church in 1 Thessalonians 5. They're looking around, their numbers are getting small at worship. People who have strong faith in Jesus are dying, and Jesus hasn't returned yet. Is it something that we did? Are we wrong? Have we been doing it the wrong way? Should we change? Paul says, no. Just be faithful. Stay awake. Keep awake. Put on that helmet. Put on the belt. Put on the breastplate, the scriptures, faith, hope. Put them on and stand firm and stand guard. Because you are a priesthood of all believers, standing before and between the world and God. The temple curtain has torn in half and the world is looking to you and you're doing something weird. You're gathering around the reading of words that are a couple thousand years old, some even more thousand years old than the others. And you're doing it for hope, to strengthen your faith, to teach you what true love is towards your family and your friends. And all Jesus is asking you to do is to talk with them about it. Talk with your friends, your enemies. Forgive them. Share it with them. Stay awake. I'm coming soon. But the foolish ones... The ones who neglected to seek the spirit in the word and the sacraments ran out by the time the groom Jesus returned. Instead, they got tired and fell asleep. They didn't stay awake. They blew it. They fell from their faith. They ceased to listen and hear the good shepherd's voice. It wasn't good enough for them. They turned off the TV. But they can't ruin Jesus' wedding. Jesus' wedding goes on without them, even though they desperately want to come in. The door is locked, and it's too late. Truly, I say to you, I never knew you. Not having fed their faith, they fell away. But for those who are prepared who believe in Jesus Christ's sacrifice for their sins and continue to stay awake, actively seeking him out, his words, his guidance, they will not just attend the wedding feast, they will go in with Jesus. And that is something beautiful. And just as another aside... Many people ask, you know, Jesus, why why don't you come back? Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus wants to give every opportunity for every person to repent and trust in God and have faith in him. He doesn't want to lock the door and keep them all out. He wants you, his hands and feet, his groomsmen and bridesmaids, to tell your friends, your family, your enemies, the people you run into about him, that they also can prepare themselves and stay awake. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to your own watchfulness. And so Jesus triumphantly, and I've told you this story before, but... One of the most lovely people that I've met, when I met her for the first time, when I came here to be your pastor, I remember her telling me, Pastor, remember, I don't really like the Old Testament. And so every opportunity I can, I want to share with you beautiful words from the Old Testament. I want you to hear Jesus talking to you In our Old Testament lesson today, whatever picture you have of Jesus, whether it be from growing up, whether it be how your parents shared him with you, whether it be something you picked up in college when faith became your own, picture Jesus like that, telling you these words. Behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be gladness. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. Your sins, things you've done wrong, will be not remembered. They won't even come to mind. They will build houses and live in them. They'll plant vineyards and eat their fruit. All the work that they do won't be done in vain. The wolf and the lamb will eat together. The lion will eat straw like an ox instead of killing and hurting. Dust will be the serpent's food because Jesus has stepped on his head. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, the new Jerusalem, Zion, heaven, which will be here on earth. When he returns, there will be a great wedding feast. He'll create the heavens and the earth anew. Heaven will come down to earth. We will live perfectly and love perfectly. We will be with him, our Savior, forever resurrected with transformed perfect bodies. So for now, we need only stay awake and watch. Amen. Oh,